Joining me right now is highly talented, unbeaten welterweight juggernaut Antonio Caruso. What's going on, Antonio? Not my man, what's going on? Just uh, you know, just a normal day in Lord Adelaide, just relaxing with some of the lads on a Sunday, but yeah, nothing much, brother. Sounds good. Uh, uh I want to begin with your boxing background and how beneficial it has been for your MMA game. Can you talk about that? Yeah, man. So, um, you know, I started in this sport, you know, about the age of 20, doing jiu-jitsu and stuff and wrestling and all that sort of gear. And then, um, yeah, I mean, in Adelaide, there wasn't there wasn't huge opportunities for MMA and, and whatnot. So I had a few MMA fights and I was, you know, I was good on the ground and all that. And I really wanted to challenge my stand-up and I felt like the best way to do it was just sort of dive straight into the deep end. And uh, I ended up moving to England for a while in Liverpool when I trained with a friend of mine, Lee Jenkins, who's now one of my boxing coaches. And, yeah, it really gave me a real big passion for boxing and stand-up. And, yeah, when I came back from England, I got some good opportunities from um, some gyms and friends to, to get into pro boxing. And I thought, yeah, what a perfect way to sort of keep my, you know, fighting uh, you know, career going, you know, while I'm not having MMA fights a few boxing fights and that's what I did so I jumped in with the pro boxing and, and gave it a bit of a shot in there and yeah, it really has helped me now to be confident on my feet so I'm really you know happy on the ground I, I feel ground fighting you know I'm fine with I'm happy to be on the ground with anyone either it's on my back or I'm on obviously I'd rather be on top you know but um yeah I'm happy to stand in the feet because I feel like the boxing has given me so much confidence to stand on my feet and, and use my hands. And, yeah, so that's, I think it's helped my MMA massively. In 2013, you started your pro career, but in 2015, 2017, you did not compete. Was it due to the boxing, or what was going on in the, during those long stretches? I think in the 2015s when I had my first pro boxing fight, I think that was the, yeah, 2015. Well, when I went pro boxing, I was just pretty much straight pro boxing. Because I, I got... I had my first fight, and then a couple of months later I had another fight, and then I got a massive opportunity on a Danny Green, Anthony Mundine show, and sort of with that it gave us a big sort of like sort of push in the pro boxing world. So we sort of, oh, you know, it was a good sort of run. So we sort of ran with it for a while. And tell the truth, man, like I just uh, the more and more I found out about you know the the pro boxing scene, I more and more I wanted to get out of it and head back to MMA where. You know, I believe the real fighters are at, man. You know, the best fighters in the world are MMA fighters, and they're the hardest and the best. And, and that's when it, what brought me back. I was like, nah, man, I don't like this This boxing world. It's too, too corrupt, too polluted, and I just want to, yeah, I don't want to be a part of it anymore. So that's why I went back to MMA. And, yeah, ever since then, I've, I've loved the change back and been very happy to be a part of it again. You competed at middleweight a few times, right? Am I right? Yeah. yeah. Why, why did you decide to drop down to welterweight? Well, to tell you the truth, man, like, I, honestly, I did middleweight because when we started doing MMA, coming from Adelaide and even from Australia, man, we we didn't even know that there was a, a career in MMA. We didn't know there was no such thing as weight cuts. We, on, on, that's the honest truth, man. I, to me, like, a weight cut's like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll stay healthy for the last week and, and just fight at the closest weight division that I am. And I was walking around, like, 86 or 85, and... Yeah, 84 was the closest, so that's what me and my brother Sav at the time, MMA was that raw in Adelaide, and we were that raw to it, or we were just like, oh, that's how you do it. And then when we started like going overseas and meeting high-level guys, and you know, guys who were like seven foot, 
and they're fighting at flyweight. You're like, what the hell? How does that work? And they're like, oh, weight cuts and all that. And I was like, you weight cut? Like, what does that even mean? And they're like, oh, you die. You know, you drop water loading. I was like, yeah, like seriously, that's that's honestly how raw. Like, you know, we were to it all, and we were just sort of. Like, even with our early MMA days, all we sort of knew was, like, jiu-jitsu. And we just went in there, like, we're grapplers trying to fight MMA guys. So, yeah, we were very raw to it all. But, you know, a lot's, a lot's changed. We've learned a lot. So, you know, even when I went in pro boxing, it was the same sort of deal. Like, we didn't even know how to go about getting fights and what you do. And, it, like, where we come from in Adelaide, it's no one – there is no – no one's done a blueprint for MMA or to make it into the big leagues or even for pro boxing. So, you know, without pumping up my own tires, you know, that's sort of something that I sort of started. I was like, you know what, man, like, I'm going to prove to everyone here in Adelaide, like, you can become a pro boxer. You can become a pro MMA fighter. Like, I'll be the guy who puts my hand up and says, like, yeah, I'll give it a go. And then hopefully, you know what, the next generation after me will be like, follow that blueprint. Like, Volkanovski's doing it at the moment for all us Australians. Whitaker's doing. Like, they're showing us that there is a path into, into the big leagues. And if we follow their... their like in, them into it, you know, because they're the same. Like uh, Whitaker and that would have been the same. Like, how do you even get into the UFC? What do you, uh, where do, what do you do? They're showing us that that path now, and at least we're going to follow in. And that's where we're at in Adelaide. We're that far behind. We're sort of like, yeah, man, no, like no one even knows. So that's where I'm at in my career. I feel, and, and I, you know, hopefully I can do it, and next generation have that that blueprint ready to go. Yeah, you're definitely one of the next generation, one of the guys in the front of the next generation. So let's go back to your last fight at Eternal MMA 38. You took on Jai Bradney, who is a, a local legend. You came back after being rocked, and you choked him out in the first. What did you prove to yourself by getting past some adversity in that fight? Oh, man. I mean, I mean, it's just, like, you know, pretty simple there, like, you know, to be put in a position that I've never been put in before and with, like you said, being rocked and, yeah, not knowing where I was at. It was, you know, but to stay calm and stay relaxed and, you know, I feel that's what I do with my training camps. I push myself to the to the, to the the worst positions I can get to in, in, in a training camp without getting knocked out and I felt that's, that's why I came through with that and I didn't feel too much because I was like, you know what, man, I've been in bad places before. And I, and, I've, and I survived them. So I always say to anyone that I train with or that I help, I say, look, put yourself in the position now so when if you're in that ring or that cage and it happens, that you you know what it's like to be in that area. So, yeah, I mean, I was was rocked, and I'm not going to say I was happy to be there, but, you know, I was I was calm and I, I was I was level-headed and I knew what I had to do and, and I survived and, and, and came over to win. Definitely now you're set up to make your Diamondback debut your opponent has changed from Joel Vigors to Tristan Murphy on short notice. How has that affected your preparations? Well, I mean, in terms of Perot, I mean, not much. Besides Joel being a southpaw, Tristan being an orthodox, if anything, it sort of made it a bit, uh, I wouldn't say easy, but, you know, you'd you rather fight a, an orthodox guy rather than a southpaw, and that's about it, man. You know what I mean? I respect both the opponents. I respect anyone that I fight, and I treat everyone the same. Everyone, to me, that I fight is George St. Pierre, so you got to. I'll come in there like I'm going to fight George St. Pierre, and if I'm ready to fight him, then I'm ready to fight anybody. Murphy, he's the former eternal MMA welterweight champ, but he's also coming off a very long layoff. What else can you tell me about Murphy? Well, that's about that's I mean that's about as far as we know him as well. He's coming off a layoff. He's coming off th I think it's three losses 
Um, but at the same time, he's he's more experienced. He's been a champion, so the man knows how to win, and the man knows how to put it together on the big on the big scene. So, you know, I respect him fully, and you know, we're just going to get in there, and, and you know, I feel I like I, there's areas that I can expose him in, and, and that's what we plan to do come the 24th, and that's what we're going to be looking to like get him for. Recently, you returned from Phuket Top Team. How much of your training camp did you spend down there? I spent uh, four weeks there, so I think it all up was 29 days. Um, yeah, I, I got there quite often to pick a top team. Like massive shout out to Boyd and, and Eric and all, all the guys down there. Uh, really, really great advanced training down there. You know, and some of the boys you mix it up with. Yeah, yeah just I can't, I can't, you know, talk, speak highly enough of the gym and the, and the community with the boys out there. Some of the sparring partners, some of the boys I work with. You know, some good lads and. Like I said, high-level, tough guys, and sometimes I'm just happy to get home alive after coming away from there. <laughs> <laughs> Who are some of the guys that you worked with out there at Phuket Top Team? Um, I was working with Terry uh, Brazer, I think his name is. He just fought on uh, Bellator last night. Unfortunately, I uh, didn't come away with the win. I was working with him to help him uh, get ready for his Bellator fight. Um, ben Morris, who's on the 1FC um, uh, series. Um, vicious, couple of, he's vicious. Couple of, yeah, he's a, he's a tough guy, man. Man, he's got a dangerous right hand. I, <laughs> I felt that a few times. Uh, so you know, Bam's a good guy to work with. You know, there's a couple of other guys that they didn't. A couple of Russian boys. I can't really remember their names and all how to say. But there's a young lad out, Igor. He won the um, the amateur um, World Series thing. The uh, he won that. Um, at, I think at 91 or something. He, so he was a he's a good guy to work with. Um, then a couple of just straight up jujitsu boys that are that are strong and. And real good out there to work with, but yeah, there some really and and some also some very good K1 tough kickboxing boys out there. Patrick from Hungary, um, he's a very tough, good guy. And there was another guy, I can't remember his name, but he was another really. I think he's number one in the UK. So yeah, some really high level good guys that I work with out there, and it gives you the confidence. You know, if you can if you can get in there and mix it up with them, and you know, beat those sort of guys, it, you carry a massive load of confidence going into your fight. Now you get back to Australia. Who do you work with for the last part of your camp? Uh, well, the last week I just worked with my my team. So with the Northside, Don Mackay, um, my brother Diego Sav, and um, my, my other boxing coach Lee Jenkins, and then also with my MMA coach and MMA team at Trinity MMA, who um, Nick Hughes, you know, puts me through all the MMA finer tune bits, the wrestling part, and then my jiu-jitsu coach. Uh, Peter O'Shea and Jesse Hughes, they do all my jiu-jitsu on that. So got quite a bit of a spread network, but it's that's what it's like in Adelaide. There's no real MMA-strong gym that I feel that. That's why I go to top team. That's why I travel all the way to Thailand because they've got it all in that one spot. Where in Adelaide, I've got to go there here and sort of find the different spots. But, you know, you know, with this board, I don't cut any corners. Like I was telling you before, I treat every opponent like I'm fighting George St. Pierre. So I'm willing to travel and... And then put those hours in and to get the best coaching, the best training that I believe that I need to, to win a fight. Against Murphy, what advantages do you believe you take into the cage? I mean, to tell you the truth, I, I feel like there's no one, like very small amount of people I've ever worked with in that I felt can keep up with my cardio, keep up with my you know, my, my pace, my, you know, once I set a rhythm and a pace, there's just, there's no, like, even when I went from box, from MMA to boxing, you know, back to jiu-jitsu, that's one thing that I bring with me to all those sports, and, um, you know, I feel like that I can't, that I can't be stopped, 
you know what I mean? And when I get my pace going and, and my rhythm, there's there's really no one that can keep up with what I got and what I offer. And then at the same time, you know, like my skill set, you know, I, I you know study hard for all my skills. You know, like my jiu-jitsu, I'm, I, you know, I'm, I work very hard in my boxing. And, you know, I don't want to just be fit and strong. But I want to be very skillful, you know, very, very elusive at the same time. So I feel like my biggest attribute is my is my, is my my gas tank. But at the same time, my skills, are, you know, skills pay the bills, you know, as they say. And, and I believe that's another, you know, set that I, that I really focus on. You seem like a very well-organized guy. Are you looking to chase after the DFC title, or are you, or are your plans more focused on going internationally? Oh man, look to tell you the truth. Like after I win this fight, I'm looking to to go international and and try and you know see how far I can take this this game and see what I can do with this career. You know, like I love the city of Adelaide, I love Australia. Uh, that's you know that's where I'm from. But you know, at the end of the day, I feel like I don't know. It's something about me. I need, you know, I need to spread my wings and get out somewhere. I feel like America's calling me, and there's something over there for me. I'm a, I feel like I'm an entertainer first and foremost, and you know, I don't know whether it's MMA that's going to keep me in the end, like the business, or what it's going to do. But something, you know, I just feel like there's something bigger for me out there because I got another brother. He's a bit, he's a bit crazy too, and I feel like we we got to do something crazy in there. And I feel like after this fight, I'm. I'm thinking of going out to Denver, Colorado, spending some time out there with the X Factory gym and um, working with those boys and, and just take on America next and see where, you know, what's going to happen. You know, maybe it gets us killed, maybe it doesn't, but hey, we're sure going to have some fun while we do it, man. <laughs> no doubt. Uh, well, it all starts February 24th, Diamondback Fighting Championship 8 in your hometown sure. of Adelaide. Thank you for your time, Antonio, and uh, no, good luck to you, sir. Thank you very much for the uh, for your time, and yeah, it was, uh, it was great being on the podcast. And I hope you know everyone supports Australian MMA and, and worldwide MMA because, no, you know, without pumping my own tires up again, fighters—they're the real athletes, right? They're the guys that people should tune in and admire because what we do is uh, is, is slightly insane. <laughs>